Welcome to the Light Pod, brought to you by LightEye, a hub for ideas, education, and a little bit of entertainment when it comes to architectural lighting. I'm your host, Sam Corbel, and today we're in the virtual Light Pod studio. Joining us from the West Coast, the best coast, is Rosemarie Allaire from Rosemarie Allaire Lighting Design. She's the founder and principal and has over 35 years of experience in the lighting industry. Rosemary, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Sam. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate you joining us today to talk all things lighting, but really dive into this new certification in the lighting industry, the CLD. It's a certified lighting designer. There's a big movement behind this to bring it into the industry. There's a lot of good information I know that we need to get out there and really share with people you know, what the value of this is, how you go about receiving it, and why it was formed. But before we get into all of that today, I think we should talk a little bit about accreditation, a little bit about lighting. But first, tell us a little bit about you. Who are you and how did you get your start in lighting? Well, my full name is Rosemary Lillian Julia Allaire-Bosson, which is a mouthful, so you can call me Rose. It makes it simpler. But how I got into lighting was through, kind of started in high school when I took an aptitude test to determine what career I could consider what I'd be good at. I remember two out of the three, and it was being a detective or being interior designer. And I thought, oh, interior design would be really interesting and fabulous. And, you know, I loved color. I loved fabrics and space planning and sort of my mother could would let me paint my room. So... I thought interior designer would be a a great career, a great title, and I pursued that in high school by taking one course. And when I went to college, I declared my major as interior design, and I minored in dance. And my sophomore year in college, I had one lighting class in interior design and one lighting class in dance production. Those two courses in that one semester gave me the opportunity to consider lighting as a career. And I was very lucky that I had one professor and one theatrical lighting designer, lighting director of Miller Auditorium. My professor was an IALD educator member, and she introduced me to the IALD. And I became a student member instantly and that was in the early 80s before you were born Sam before I was born where were you at school I went to school at Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo Michigan go Broncos good old Kalamazoo and I just gotta (laughs) I gotta scratch the surface real quick on one more thing you said the option the test said be a detective or be an interior designer do those things actually have something in common because I'm sitting here thinking about it yeah If you've ever practiced lighting design, you know there's a lot of detective work in it. There is. Because what happens is an architect, an interior designer, a general contractor, landscape architect hands you plans and says, please light this. 
and you begin to ask a series of questions. A very, 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 very long, very detailed series of questions to which people may or may not know the answers to. So I think those two had a relationship very early on in my life as a freshman in high school. Although I certainly didn't enter the detective world, I think there's a lot of things I practice through lighting design (laughs) and being a detective. It's pulling information out of your clients and those that you collaborate with. It's a constant question and answer, give and take type of scenario. Yeah, absolutely. I can definitely relate to my time in the industry and having to, so to speak, put all the parts and pieces together. It was never so much as a designer. It was always on the rep side and like just trying to figure out what the heck kind of dimming everything is and how to coordinate it. Like talk about, you know, a true detective. Let's talk a little bit more about accreditation in the design world in general. Talk to me a little bit about why it exists. I think accreditation, generally speaking, is something that is attractive to a client or a consumer. You know, when you're considering hiring or like, for example, a doctor you can go to any doctor and they're not all part of the AMA. You may feel a little bit more comfortable when you see that certification on their wall. So I think in general, you know, it's a recognition that the individual has met sort of an evidence-based, perhaps a test in their profession. And I think that just confirms your, you know, being comfortable with, with this individual that they have a particular knowledge in their field. I'm certainly no credential expert like Judith Hale, who we, she was our consultant when we were developing the CLD, and she's just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to credentials and accreditation and why they were formed and why they exist and how many and that sort of thing. It's very interesting, right? There's so many people that do so many things in life. And let's face it, we know everything about lighting. We know nothing about everything else, right? We choose to focus all our energy in this one field, whether or not it's just the title of vice president at a company that could be almost seen as an accreditation of being smart and proficient in that field that you work in at the company you work at to the extreme, right? I mean, doctors, right? There's a test, there's boards, lawyers, there's a test, there's boards. They become doctors, they become PhDs. There's a lot that goes into all this stuff. As a population in the world, we definitely we look for those things because that's taught us that, hey, this person knows what they're doing. Let's focus in down into our lighting industry. What's unique about the accreditations across the entire lighting industry? First of all, there aren't many accreditations in the architectural lighting community. The first, I believe, and again, I'm not a credential expert, but I will tell you from what I believe, what I understand to be, is that the NCQLP, which is the National Council on Qualifications for Lighting Professionals, began in 1991. And it is an accreditation for North Americans. It's a test-based. You become a LC, which is a lighting certified, I don't even want to say designer because that's really not the term. It's more, it's more just, it's a professional lighting professional. It's an accreditation. LP. Yeah. (laughs) Lighting consultant is what I like to say. Right. There you go. However, I think this is not the either or it's just the difference of how the NCQLP and the LC is different from the CLD. And one other accreditation that I'm familiar with is the 
ALA, which is the American Lighting Association lighting credential that they have. But with the LC, it is for lighting professionals, which is one, North American based, and two, you can be a lighting manufacturer, a lighting manufacturer's rep, you can be a electrical engineer, a lighting designer. They have particular criteria to take the test and become certified. But it's not for just exclusively lighting designers. And I think for me, that's where it fell short. It didn't cover more design type of a credential and it obviously doesn't meet the rest of the world because it's North America only. I want to talk more about meeting the needs of lighting designers specifically. But real quick, before we dive into that, let's just talk about that LC and why that even became something that was formed, right? We talked right away off the bat, people look for some form of an accreditation. And as a community in North America, the NCQLP brought this forward. It wasn't mandated, but it was encouraged. And it's grown some serious legs here in the last couple decades, right? There's a lot of people that are LC out there. What does that do to an accreditation when so many people receive it? Does it elevate it or does it maybe just create a baseline? I think it's a good baseline. I think that, you know, it's for lighting professionals. So it's a broad brush of lighting individuals and you know, it's a test-based credential. So if you study, you should pass, right? So it's that type of a credential versus a portfolio-based credential that is reviewed by your peers. But I think the LC was a great start. It's a great thing to many people. It has recognition. I don't know how many LCs there are. I looked that up today before we we started our podcast and I, I couldn't find a number. That's interesting. I wonder if we could find that information. I'd be curious to know that as well. I'd have to think there's several hundred thousand, maybe not 10 or 20,000 LCs, but there's got to be, there's probably 5,000 of them out there. If we had to guess, I would say 2,500 to 3,000. So there's 2,500 to 3,000 LCs is our educated guess here without verifying that. We can definitely go look to verify that or maybe somebody who is listening can help us out. There's another distinction Uh, which is these professional organizations in our industry. In lighting design, we have the IES and we have the IALD. And these are nonprofits, which are professional organizations, which people can choose to become members of, pay dues, and, and receive benefits. These are often marks that people represent behind their signature and their emails in terms of of an an affiliation to best practices. But these are not necessarily credentials. What's the biggest difference between being credentialed versus being associated with an affiliate organization? The IES is an engineering society and the IALD is an association. The IES, you pay dues and become a member. There's really not a portfolio based submission like there is with the IALD to become a professional member of the association. And that is reviewed by a committee to determine if you are eligible to become a professional member of the International Association of Lighting Designers. The credential, the CLD, is a internationally based portfolio reviewed submission. It's based on 
seven domains of practice. You submit your, let's call it an application to become certified, but it's not a membership, right? You're not a member, you're a CLD, you're a certified lighting designer, yeah, but you're so a member of the IES or a member of the IELD. And being a member of something can kind of say, hey, this is what I'm into, this is what I'm associated with. And in the instance of the ILD, you've been accepted in some form of review if you're a professional member. In the instance of the IES, it's kind of a come on, come all, but it, it shows your dedication to learning and designing with best practices and means and methods that adhere to maybe lighting standards and criteria. So we've got accreditations, which kind of sit at an elevated level which may require a test or an ability to demonstrate knowledge. We talked about the doctors early on. You know, we're talking about the basics of lighting here. There's something new, and that's the CLD, which you are currently the vice chair for. The CLD has started out of a, a group of individuals that were a part of the IELD, but the CLD is its own accreditation, which as yes. you just touched on earlier, is indeed based on the work you've accomplished and the portfolio that you have that you put forth in your application that's reviewed internationally. I wanna take a quick break and when we come back, we're gonna dive into that. What the CLD is, why it was formed, what it stands for, and how people can submit to it in the future. Does that sound good? It sounds great. Awesome, thanks. Hey, it's Sam, real quick. The Light Pod is brought to you by LightEye, a hub for ideas, education, and a little bit of entertainment when it comes to lighting. They tell stories about lighting, about people in lighting, projects in lighting, products in lighting. They got this podcast, and they also have a great YouTube channel with all kinds of educational and informational content. Check them out. That's lytei.com. And welcome back. Over the break, Rose and I were catching up just a little bit more about that CLD and how it's become something that really people are starting to take to. There's a healthy group of people that have this accreditation and it is worldwide. Rose, tell me just a little bit more. Why is the CLD gaining steam and, and really why was it created? I believe it's gaining some steam and traction because it's an international credential and it is the only international credential of its kind outside of the medical profession. Currently there are 19 countries represented by individuals that are in the CLD. You know, the United States is first, Australia is second, but we're really proud of that, that it's a truly internationally based credential. The discussion began. I think we've always had the discussion. We've had the DLC, and it may have not been adequate to fit for everyone. So the discussion really began. I remember it was, it was at an Enlightened Europe conference in, sorry, <laughs> it was an Enlightened Americas conference. And John Martin, the IALD public policy director at the time, we had these town hall meetings where lighting designers could get up and talk. And if you know, lighting designers aren't typically shy. And the discussion was about this Texas bill that did not pass, but it was 
presented before the legislation in Texas to change the terminology or change how lighting designers could practice because it, it stemmed from congressmen that had a bad scenario with a lighting designer. And this was, you know, 2008, maybe 2009. It was after the, you know, the economic downfall, if you will. I don't know exactly the details about this this individual lighting designer, but the congressperson was so upset that he put a bill before the Texas legislation to change who could practice lighting design, which would impact you know, he wanted an engineer only, electrical engineer, to practice lighting. Design. I was going to say, so there's a personal vendetta here, which is probably a bit of an issue, right? But yes. lighting, 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 while it is very personal, makes an impact on people worldwide every day, and should be should be used carefully, right? And it should be articulated and mandated carefully, not because one person didn't like the experience they had, but. Furthermore, you mentioned he was going to limit it to engineers. Now, why is that an issue? That's an issue because lighting design is a broad term. So lighting design could be architectural lighting design. It could be theatrical lighting design. It could be television lighting design, landscape lighting design, set or exhibit lighting design. So it was really poorly written and broadly based for lighting designers and when you say lighting designers you're speaking about architectural lighting designers correct correct but if you put in a bill lighting design who does that affect bingo the problem is it's too as you said it's too broad it was way too broad and you know engineers as talented as some may be can certainly provide lighting design services but their qualifications are typically to engineer a lighting design or a, you know, electrical layout. I think electrical engineers by trade have a degree in electrical engineering, which is, you know, providing power to things in buildings. Lighting happens to be one of those things. However, there's been a fine line to walk as to whether or not they're just connecting power to lights or if they're also placing lights in the space. and. Obviously, when you place lights in space, it can make an impact. So there's engineers with lighting expertise, and then there's engineers who are engineers, and then there's lighting designers. And that's what we're talking about here, those architectural lighting designers. And when we look at the architectural lighting design community in the CLD, what is the CLD doing to support that group of professionals and give them the accreditation and recognition that the CLD does intend to do? The CLD is not a mandatory certification. So if someone decides to become certified, it really separates yourself from your competition, wherever you may be in the United States or anywhere in the world. Because we have such few CLDs right now, we're in the 90s, um, that you could be the first in your country to be a certified lighting designer. I was the first in California, which I'm very proud of. So in that regard alone, it just sets you apart from your from your competition and other professional competitors that could be electrical engineers, could be other lighting designers, interior designers, whoever happens to be practicing lighting design. In some areas, it's, it's reps, it's manufacturers, 
do it in Europe. So I think that, you know, the CLD has promoted, once again, lighting designers with this newer credential. It's It's been around since 2015, but it is the newest credential out there by being able to put the acronym after your name. There's a website, you get a certificate. So it's a way to demonstrate to your clients and your peers that you are a competent lighting designer and you have you know, been recognized because it's not mandatory. You know, there, there's something about someone that does it on their own versus it being a requirement. And, and that separates you as well from your, from your peers and from those that you know, don't have a credential after their name, don't have one of the, the acronyms after their name. I want to go back to one thing you said, and that's this is a certified lighting designer, meaning that you are a full-time lighting designer. You're not a manufacturer offering lighting design services. You're not a rep offering lighting design services. You're not a engineer offering lighting design services. You are, by practice, your business is a lighting designer. What's the value in being a full-time lighting designer with nothing else on your plate? And why did the CLD choose to recognize only people in that vertical? Well, the eligibility is to applicants that must have three years experience working as a lead lighting designer in architectural lighting designer. And as a lead lighting designer, you're responsible for creating the lighting design strategy, you know, the documentation, conveying and exchanging ideas with the client and the project team. So you don't have to do every single aspect of the production of the work like the AutoCAD, the photometric calculations, the renderings, even attending meetings. But the eligibility was one of the parts of the eligibility was that you must have three years, a minimum of being a lead lighting designer. And you would see the project through its completion from concept design all the way through contract documents. Now, if you're a lighting manufacturer's rep or even an engineer, you may not have that title as a lead lighting designer or see the project through its completion. So we try to formulate just the eligibility to guide it specifically to architectural lighting designers. You're not leaving these people out, so I, I misspoke a bit earlier. Rather, you're really focusing in on what the true practice and profession of lighting design is. It's seeing a project from concept to completion. It's understanding that entire process. Yeah. I mean, one can't help but say, hey, you know, I can lay out lights. I'm a lighting designer. Or, hey, I understand that, you know, you need 20-foot candles here and 50-foot candles here. I'm a lighting designer. Uh, yes, to a, to a degree, you are a lighting designer, but you are not a true lighting design professional in the sense that there is so much more that goes into it. And it sounds like that's what the CLD is really focused on, yes. is grabbing that group of people that are passionate and dedicated to just that. But they're then being um, sort of asked by their own peers in their community to say, hey, join us in submitting your work and putting it before a panel for review to then join 
join the alliance, join the force, join the CLD so that we can elevate our practice and our profession. Do you think by doing that, it's going to, will will create an elite category or will, will it just elevate the baseline even higher? I think it's a commitment to the profession, especially for someone like myself that has been in the industry for 35 years. But it's also for the younger designers that want to establish themselves in a way that, again, sets them apart from their professional competitors. Um, You know, there's many states that don't have a CLD. You know, you could become the first in your state. There's many countries that don't have CLDs. And to your point earlier, there's nothing that stops you from printing a business card to call yourself a lighting designer. There's no criteria that says, this Mm -hmm. is what you must study. This is what you must, you know. It is an arbitrary term. It is. It is. Because we're not licensed individuals. We're not engineers and we're not architects. The CLD, you mentioned you're the vice chair. I know everything has to start somewhere. It's a small group and it's it's really a, a word of mouth thing. And then once you get it, it's kind of up to you to not only tell your your potential clients about it, owners of projects about it, but also your peers to encourage them to do it. What is the CLD doing today to advocate for its credential? And what is it going to do in the future when it can reach that critical mass? Well, we are looking to grow the CLD right now. That That is that's our main objective because we must have critical mass and we're having you know seminars and there's all kinds of information that you can download and go online to learn about the credential to learn about the application and your submission i'm a mentor if someone's interested in wanting some help wanting some tutoring wanting some feedback So we're really looking to grow it with people to submit to get their CLD. In the future, we hope that we, you know, may have this as a mandate to be a certified lighting designer to work on a particular project, perhaps. But because it's an international credential, that may be a little tricky on a country by country basis. So it's not just working with, you know, our city, state, the de- Department of Energy. Uh, so, so there's all kinds of jurisdictions that would get involved with, you know, making that a criteria. Absolutely. And I think the challenge is, right, 500 people scale that across the globe. And then what do you do with it, right? Do you, do you make it a requirement on a project? You mentioned that's kind of hard. Uh, mandating a credential across an industry where, you know, people are, so to speak, volunteering for, for putting themselves up for this. And then I presume that this this committee is also largely run by volunteers. It can only go so far so fast, but what it can do is it can start to really create a bucket of individuals like yourself who've been in the industry for 35 years as a lighting designer and bring those young bucks along with you. Yes. Uh, find, find people that are up and coming and say, hey, this person's dedicated to that. And um, maybe just by simple way of association, give give the next you know lighting designer, the future idea makers and creators of our industry, an opportunity to associate themselves with maybe somebody more well-known earlier on in their career to help advance 
the lighting industry and the practice of it as opposed to saying well there's only 10 people that everybody knows about and those must be the 10 lighting designers out there right i think the discussion about licensure has to continue because there's still so much confusion about it which i don't really understand why that there is a difference between a certification and and a license and in order to practice lighting design to be licensed you would have to do it in every city county state country and the work just to undertake that would be extraordinary you know so so there's this discussion about should lighting designers become licensed i think the simple answer is no because it just doesn't it doesn't make sense on a logistics level because we're talking about architects they're licensed we're talking about engineers some architects licensed. are some architects are not all so you have to be a licensed professional but there's right. no license or stamp per se for lighting no well uh, there the, is but it's done by an engineer and that stamp really only goes to life safety code it's more about can people get in and out of the building in case of an emergency well it meets local codes and you know yeah national electric code issues and, and that sort of thing yes so it goes a little bit further to say you can get in and out of a building you meet energy code if you're in the state of california there's all kinds of great things that you, you guys are leading the way with there sure. but it's still not quite stamping the authority behind everything that a lighting designer is considering in their project, correct? Oh, absolutely not. No, I yeah. mean it's so it's, the C, so the CLD can start to to sit on top of that stamp. It just would be impossible. It might be the right word. I don't know if that's a fair word, but they would take so much money, time, and effort, which doesn't really exist, to get a licensure that something like the CLD feels like the right thing to folks like yourself and other members of the professional community. Right. And, and that is how the CLD began, was the discussion about licensed lighting designers and how challenging of a process that would be. The certification really just conveys that you're someone that has met a standard in your lighting education, your lighting experience, your lighting knowledge, your lighting proficiency. You know, there's many lighting designers that can submit a project to win an award but this is not an award submission this is a certification for competency there there are two mm -hmm. different things you know a lot of a lot of designers are concerned that they have to have they have to be perfectionists in their designs and you know it's it's not the case you don't even need professional photography you can take photographs on your iphone you said it's all about professional competency, and I think that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. With the CLD, it's coming on strong here. More people are starting to sign up for it. I hope that this podcast can inspire a few people to um, maybe brush the dust off their application if that was something they were thinking about, or maybe you know just encourage other people to get involved. What's the best way that people can get in touch with you or go get some mentorship about the CLD in general? Well, the website for the CLD is cld.global. They can reach out to me. My website is rald.us for United States. I'm also on LinkedIn, which is a good place to find me as well. Any professional that has a question about the CLD or why they should hire a certified lighting designer, 
um, for a project. I'm happy to answer anyone's questions and any concerns you may have because back to that perfectionist part. Lighting designers, many of us are perfectionists. You know, we have to get it right. And so I would recommend that you earn the three letters that will help you spread the word across the globe is the CLD, Certified Lighting Designer. Rosemary, thanks so much. The CLD is gonna grow and to all of you out there listening who want to become a part of it, do it. Time is your only enemy but something tells me you'll find a little bit of extra time here sooner versus later. Thanks again so much for catching up with us. I'll call you next time I'm in sunny Southern California, but until then, hang in there on. Thank you so for all you do for independent lighting designers and, and the architectural lighting design community at large. And thank you, Sam and Light Eye, because you guys are great and you are champions of the architectural lighting community. So we appreciate you. Well, thank you very much. It's uh, it's our passion here to tell stories about light. And honestly, if it weren't for people like you, we wouldn't have a job. We'll talk to you soon, Rosemary. All right. See you. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye.